Anyways, great to welcome you to Trinity Church London. My name is Daniel, one of the team here. And um, today um, I have a lot to say. I always have a lot to say, but this is especially true today. Um, and uh, you need to uh, consider this message like the contents page for the rest of this term. So I'm going to give you a lot of headlines of stuff that you might say, hang on a minute, just put the brakes on. I need to hear a little bit more on that. But you've got to consider this like this is what's going to be coming up the rest of this term, because over the next three months, we are going to be immersing our souls and our eyes into the vision that we believe God has for us as Christians, as Trinity Church London and for this city and for the nations. So what I want is to give you just the highlights of what is coming up and I know for some people when we start talking about vision some people love it because it's like it's new it's change if you've done anything for three months it's already boring and you want to do something else so like yeah let's do something new for some of you you just you vision talks you just look blankly because you're not that kind of you're not wired that way you're just like what's in front of me what can I see for others of you you think like this is a burden because this is the moment where the pastor tells you to do more stuff for church like we need four more people for the kids work and we need a welcome team etc etc i have to say actually uh, actually not all not true some of it might be let me just before i undo myself but what i want to say is right now vision is super important for every single person what you think about the future actually does shape you and it shapes us as a community what we think is going to happen in the future shapes us we all live out of a particular story that we think we are living in. Where we came from, what my purpose is in life, what my identity is, who am I, where I am destined. We all live in a kind of story. For a lot of us, it's unconscious. It's in, deep down in our subconscious. We're not quite sure. If someone asked you, you wouldn't be quite, you're like, I don't know. We kind of emerged from some moment, some big bang thing. And maybe it's just going to be mulch at the end. And I don't know. Maybe there's a heaven. I'm not sure. But you, we are all living out of a sense of what we feel our story is thomas merton who was a catholic monk he says your life is shaped by the future so that what you think is coming in the future the end that you think you are living for shapes your ethical living now it shapes where you spend your money how you spend your time and we need to be crystal clear as christians what is the future for us because as a church, we've, we've, as a leadership, we've been talking and praying and thinking about what is it that God is calling us to? And there's just been this deep awareness that we are not trying to pluck some kind of clever marketing strategy from within us. Hey, we've got some ideas. We've got a few products we could sell. Like we're not trying to come up. We are, as a community, we receive all things from God, from him, through him and to him. This is a received vision. This is a biblical vision of the future world. This is a biblical vision of what London one day will be like. So I want us to immerse ourselves in this. I'm going to pray now for us to have spiritual eyes to see this. Because my prayer is, you know, when we, we're a church plant, we're gathering together. We all come with different ideas and visions. Our goal and our prayer is that over these next few months, all of our eyes just align to the same vision so this is what god has got for us this is the grand narrative that we are all living in and this is a community is how god is using us to get to that place so can i just pray for us first i want to pray ephesians 1 very simply 
For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, Trinity Church London, and your love towards all the saints, I do not give I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named in London, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he puts all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus Christ, as head over all things to the church, which is his body who fulfills all things in him. And Father, would you give us this kind of vision? Not an earthly vision, but a spiritually born vision that will create deep confidence in our hearts for your future work. Amen. 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 So this is our vision. I'm hoping you've seen it already. Our vision is to see the glory of God known in all of life across London and the nations. And I love this because it's not about us. It's about God. And this is way more than a statement. This is not something like that we're going to stick on an office wall and like, hey, here's our vision statement. We hope you're on board with this. For us, this is our passion. For me, this sentence is something that I want to give my life to. I want to bury my life in Jesus Christ and in this city so that every square inch of London would be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the strength and the beauty and the wonder, the life-giving glory of God. This is one I want to give my life to. And this is the trajectory that we want to set as a church, that we would be all about God. So I want to set this statement in its context, because this isn't plucked out of nowhere. We've actually, believe it or not, it looks very simple. It took 12 of us 12 months to figure out this sentence. So I hope you appreciate the work that's gone into that sentence. You might think like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we obviously need some help, like we need some grammar, I don't know. But this is a story. Our story is not actually, it doesn't start with us. Trinity Church London doesn't start with us, doesn't start with me, doesn't start with an idea. Humanity doesn't start with us. The human race does not start with a big bang of a collision of particles. The created universe starts with God. Glorious and beautiful and strong, august in himself. Father, Son and Holy Spirit in perfect communion, enjoying one another with a volcanic, infinitely hot, flaming, volcanic joy in himself. Father and Son, Son in the Father, bound up in the love of the Holy Spirit. He needed nothing. 
utterly unreliant on anything outside of himself father son and holy spirit and he could have lived for eternity with eternity with eternity utterly joyous in himself the father and the son and the holy spirit had everything that we so desperately want in life perfectly formed in himself joy peace purpose meaning identity he had everything in abundance and yet because of the loving and gracious nature of God there was this kind of eruption of joy that happened from within the holy trinity this eruption of joy that overspilled out of God into what we now called call the universe the world was created because God was overflowing with joy and he knew that as he took joy in himself the son in the father and the father in the son beholding infinite beauty and strength he knew that this was something to be shared he wanted others to partake in this glory so that there may be millions upon millions and millions of souls who would enjoy this glory forever and ever and ever this is what we are made for so God creates the heavens and the earth and we're told the heavens declare Psalm 19:1 the glory of God. Amen. Cheeto's back in the house, so we're applauding today. So in this Instagram age, we love what pictures next to like amazing sights, don't we? Beaches, oceans, hills, sunsets, mountain ranges. There is something in us that loves to behold beauty and grandeur. And I want to say and suggest to you, if you're not a believer here in Jesus, that the reason why we travel the world seeking sights to just look at and then go get a coffee is because we are looking for the glory of God. We are looking for something that we have lost. And every time we look at the Himalayas, we stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon. It's not that we just seeing physical beauty. We are beginning to touch the outskirts of the glory of God, that which we are made for. And the reason we leave those holidays with that slight dissatisfaction still, that there was still something more that I could have touched, is because we haven't touched the real thing yet. Amen. There is still more in God to be had, and it's his glory. Amen. The glory of God is hard to define. It's a bit like trying to define beauty. How do you define beauty? You, you, you know beauty when you've seen it, don't you? you, you just, uh, there's beauty. The glory of God is the beauty of God, the inherent, infinite perfections of who God is. It's his strength. It's his gracious nature. An old Puritan described it as the infinite perfections of God. Everything that is perfect is found in this being. Flawless. Utterly flawless. There's nothing behind the scenes. You get to know this guy, actually. It's God. He's not all he seems to be. He's not all he's cracked up to be. No, no. You explore him for a generation and a generation and eternity and eternity, and he only gets more glorious. There is no fault or flaw in God. He is infinitely perfect, and we are hungry for him. In our stupidity, though, we chose to walk away from the infinite source of life and meaning. You know, if anyone, if you walk down the street today and say, hey would you like like unending peace and joy in your life like every night just this overwhelming sense of bubbling joy and optimism and hope and peace for the future like would you like it today no one's turning that down 
but where we think we find it is in the wrong place like my problem with Gucci is that I, it's not that I'm just dismissive. I like it too much. That's my problem. But I can tell you now that as much Gucci stuff that you buy from the shop next door, it is not going to satisfy your heart. Only infinite beauty will do that. Gucci just awakens a passion, a desire for true beauty. So when you walk past the shops, don't just say, I really want that. You say, that tells me that I want God. It is elicited some passion, it has awakened an appetite in my heart that can only be satisfied by being immersed in true and infinite and eternal beauty. And yet Paul says this about our hearts. He says, claiming to be wise, they became fools, that's you and me, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images resembling, resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. We just turned we thought actually we could find it in somewhere else that looks quite interesting infinite source of joy and peace and meaning i just wait right there i'm going to try this and suddenly the whole earth spiritually and physically fractures because we are designed to orbit around god and as soon as we take our orbit from god to something else everything the equilibrium is broken life fractures spiritually and physically so that we are living in a painful isolated sometimes it feels like a meaningless world because we are not orbiting around the glory of god anymore and yet god in his gracious nature he says i'm going to come down and descend and i'm going to manifest my presence with you so in the old testament we keep getting these moments where god comes down and he says i'm going to be with you and when we read the old testament what it is when he comes down in his presence it's his glory the presence and the glory of god are synonyms in the old testament so when um god tells the the israelites to build a tabernacle a tent he says here is where my glory is going to reside because you need my glory if you are going to be whole this is where you find meaning in my beauty and in my strength not in the things of this world and so we have this temple that's created this structure that's supposed to last forever but what actual building does then god says i'm going to indwell this building solomon dedicates the temple and he has everyone surrounding him. He kneels down and prays and what happens the glory of god fills the temple and everyone falls on their face in the presence of God, in the glory of God, there is healing, there is forgiveness. We are made whole. I was just reading earlier in Psalm 72 that we blossom in dry cities. Where you live a life, you feel this feels arid and tough. You get into the presence of the Lord and there is a flourishing that happens within your soul. And don't we need that as Londoners? To be in the glory of God so our life will flourish, blossom in his presence. And God doesn't leave it at just that because he sends down his own son. And we're told in Hebrews 1, the radiance of the glory of God. So if the glory of God is going to erupt into creation, it is going to look like Jesus. So if you want to know the glory of God, you look to Jesus. If you want to know what his beauty, you look at Jesus. If you want to know his strength, you look at Jesus. And John says, we've seen his glory, full of grace and truth. We've seen Jesus. He is the glory of God. If you want to know him, look to Jesus. And Jesus prays the night before he was crucified. And he says this, I have glorified you on earth, Heavenly Father, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So what was the work that Jesus had on earth? It was to glorify the Father. It was bring attention to another, God himself. 
John tells us that the, the crucifixion, we look at the crucifixion, we think that was an ugly, horrible, agonizing moment. And yet John in his gospels continually talks about the cross as Jesus's glorification. So you can see the glory of Jesus all the time. You see the glory of God in Jesus and he's acting and he's doing miracles and he's teaching and he's walking with grace and power. And yet if you actually want to see the apex of his glory, the place to look is the bloodied, splintered Roman cross where he hangs and suffocates and dies like a criminal. That is the glory of God in his apex display. That is where the strength of God is made known. That is where the beauty and the grace and the forgiveness and the love of God is known. If you want to know the nature of our God as Christians, you don't look to some august moment, you look to the cross. That is the apex design to show all that God is in himself. He is humble. He uses his power to serve and to bless. He wants to draw you in, not to push you out. He would suffer even hell itself so that you might find eternal life. And we're told he is raised by the Father, by his glorious, sorry, by the might of his glory. And we're told he ascends to the right hand of the majesty, the glory on high. So that he might reorbit all of life around God again and bring back harmony and equilibrium to all things. So that we may live with joy and peace again. And we might all turn our eyes to gaze on the beauty and the strength of God himself. Amen. Amen. And Jesus pours out his spirit, which is called in 1 Peter 4.14, the spirit of glory. We rest and we're told, Trevor said last week, one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. And we're told that one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. If there's one verse you can memorize this, this week, it's this verse, Habakkuk 2.14. Because this sentence is grounded in promise. This is not a hope, I'm really hoping this whole church thing works out and Christianity does, and that would be really good if it does because this is grounded in promise, in Bible, in God's eternal promises. That one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So everywhere you tread in the age to come, will be filled with the glory of God, not just the there, but the knowledge of it, personal, intimate enjoyment of God's glory. So we're told in Revelation, this final picture, just, just imagine this, where John is taken up and he's shown the age to come. And he said, he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of God. So he gets his glimpse into the age to come, the vision of the future. And the, and the holy city, Jerusalem, is in a sense, it symbolizes the accumulation of all of our culture, all of what we have accomplished as humanity. And this is what it was, says, the end times, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, 
clear as crystal. And Revelation 21, it says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So where are we headed as a city? Where are we headed as a nation? Where are we headed as a church? Let me say this. I mean, Hollywood would tell you where we're headed is some kind of apocalyptic vision of, you know, there's a few zombies in the background, there's rusting cars, like humans are scraping by with a few rats, like everything's just fallen to pieces. Like a lot of politicians are saying, like, if things go one way with Brexit, then, you know, we're going to be kind of eating out of dustbin cans within a few years. It's all going to go so badly. And yet the Bible says the ultimate goal of all history is glory. Yeah. It is the glory of God filling the earth. So however bad things get in one generation, there is this ever-present hope, ever-present vision of the future that we work towards, that the glory of God would fill the nations. Amen? Amen. God is the goal. And there is a subtle difference for us between having God as the goal of all things as a church and having God as the means of all things. It's subtle, but it's profound. Because many Christians find God very useful. Hey, come to God because he gives you stuff. Like he might answer some prayers for you. He might forgive your sins. You know, you might get some blessings. He, I hear there's like joy to be found in God. So a lot of people, they come to God like a car mechanic. Like, come, here's my life. Give me some stuff. Sort me out. I'll come to church, get some stuff. And then I'm going to get on with the rest of my life. Like God is useful for giving me things. But you've got to understand that makes God a sideline to the real thing, which is you. But what we are saying as a church, that God is not a sideline that helps us fulfill our vision. God is himself our very vision. So the reason we get forgiveness as a church is not so we can walk away and do other stuff with our life. The reason we get forgiveness is that we can know the glory of God. The reason we get adopted into his family so that we can go off with some kind of assurance to be a better me in the workplace is so that I can know the glory of my Father in heaven. It is so that I am made fit to know Jesus Christ because he is our end goal you see the subtle but profound difference and we are setting our sights on God because inversely that's actually where you get everything else thrown in besides pursue his kingdom and everything else will be given to you pursue your own life with God as your attendant to help you with your special needs then you actually lose everything but you make God your goal I will glorify you in all things through the good and the bad through the uncertainty and the certainty, if that becomes your goal, you actually live like kings and queens on the earth. So, but let me ask you this. What would it actually look like for London to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord? Because at the moment, it's quite abstract. Like, it sounds great, but like, see, it comes from, I heard a thing about a jewel and a crystal. Like, what does this even mean? The scriptures actually talk about very concrete realities. Our mission is in flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. It's us. It's you and me. It looks like this. You might think this is ordinary. This is it. But let me suggest three things that the scriptures talk about. And I want to unpack the rest of the time. I want to get it more practical in a minute. But I still want some applauses, Chido. Um, <laughs> to see London filled with the glory of the Lord would look like this. An increasing number of Christ followers walking in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Yes. Yeah. 
You used to walk into work and suddenly there's another Christ follower. You're on the tube and there's someone reading the Bible trying to follow Jesus. There's this increasing number of people following Christ. It would look like a community created and indwelt by the spirit of glory. It would look like a community that reflects the beauty and the strength of God. Why do you guys do community together? Because this shouldn't happen. You know, lots of churches can be explained sociologically. Just like... We want to be a community that cannot be explained sociologically but by the Spirit of God. This is something of God here. And it would look like culture that reflects the beauty of God, that takes attention away from itself and says, look at the ultimate culture maker. So I want to just take my time now under these three headings. Okay, does that sound good? Good. Tough if not. Firstly, it is going to look like this vision, Christ followers, an increasing number of them walking in the power of the Spirit. Isaiah 43, God gives this promise. Fear not, says the Lord, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. I love that promise. I love it when we're in the central London because it's got that whole north and south and we're praying for every bit of London. Lord, gather your people together because this is the display of your glory. That increasing numbers of men and women would be glory beacons, just giving attention away from myself to a God who has made me and saved me and one day who I will meet. It's hard to get statistics accurate statistics on church going in the christian faith that's kind of accurate and true to what's actually happening on the ground but it seems like in london today there are somewhere around 700,000 people who are going to church today which is like an incredible amount it's like actually phenomenal it's it's birmingham looked up it's like a million people so it's almost the whole of birmingham going to church on a Sunday. But that leaves over 8 million people in this city who aren't going to church. Over 8 million people who are not going to church, if that statistic is right. That's a lot of people who we are praying for that we are asking for a reorientation, not to win to some campaign, but to say we have found infinite joy and infinite peace, and it's not in this stuff, it's actually in God. Would you come and meet him? Would you come and find out about him? Could I invite you to know about this glorious God? That's our heart, isn't it? Our prayer, our passion, our friends. I don't know about you, but one one image that often motivates me is friends that I know who aren't in church, who don't yet know Jesus, just imagining them one day on the same aisle in church with me, lifting their hands in worship to Jesus Christ, suddenly having found life in him. Because it can be hard. I know what it, you know, it can be hard. You're talking about Jesus and you invite and and suddenly shutters come down. We're living in an increasingly hard spiritual age. Yeah, but what if if your friend, your neighbour, your colleague could find life in Jesus Christ? Imagine that moment standing in a conference or in church and they're next to you. They say, I know what you were talking about now. I found him. 
So what we're going to do this term is we're going to put on an alpha course. Yeah. Who's done an alpha course? Anyway, hands up. All right, only about 50%. Okay. Well, there are some of you who haven't done alpha course. This could be your opportunity. The alpha course, if you haven't heard about it, is basically a short introduction to the Christian faith. An easy opportunity to invite friends to a short talk, good food, and a very non-pressurized discussion about faith and life and God and heaven and hell and the Bible and what does Christianity actually mean. And we're going to put this on from October the 23rd on your chair. You would have seen some flyers. I'd like you at this point just to take that away and use that as a prayer for your friends. And we were talking in our community group on Wednesday and saying, okay, we've got to make these prayers now action because it's quite easy in group, you know, quickly throw out some names just to kind of ward off the pressure. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for these guys. But deep down, you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to actually talk to them, but I'll definitely pray to them. Let's be thinking and praying for boldness as to who we could invite and to give our friends the opportunity to turn the invite down because I know it works in my mind as well I'm, I don't think people are going to come to the alpha course they're not interested in Christianity why don't you give them the opportunity to say no and the very least you've blown your cover and it might make the way for other conversations down the line amen and we're also going to go for a mission week that's coming up on the 20th 3rd of September so we're going to go for four days we're going to get out on the streets it's going to feel scary we're going to put on t-shirts we're going to fly off to pray for people just chat to people we're going to get around some of the university campuses we're just going to bombard people with Jesus and Trinity Church London and invite people to know him and come be part of his family so if you want to be involved in that even for an afternoon or a lunchtime then come and talk to AJ and he will help you with that and I also want to just briefly say one thing which is actually a sad note for us about Donna Bloomfield um, some of you know Donna Bloomfield um, she has an incredible ministry in Burundi seeing people come to know Jesus in Burundi um, she was looking to make plans to move to London and use Trinity Church London as her base while she ministered out in Burundi and come back and we would be a base for her a family for her um, it's too long to go into at the moment but just to say that she is actually not going to be moving to London now but to the Isle of Wight so it's a little bit of a different thing but Charles and I sat with her and the pastor of the church in the Isle of Wight and it was quite clear quite quickly that, that God has led her on a very distinct journey for her so the sad news for us is that Donna and that Burundi ministry is not going to be directly linked with us we're going to hopefully still stay and financially support her work in what she's doing in the nations because our vision is London and the nations um, but just so you know if you've been wondering like Donna was going to be moving to London we haven't seen her for a while she's actually moving to the Isle of Wight we're going to do a proper send-off at some point but I told you this is going to be headlines so there's a headline about Donna um, if you want to know more information talk to Charles because he's been involved in the whole process and just if you want to know how things worked out then um, do speak to him okay okay secondly <laughs> We are going to be a growing community created and indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Because Ephesians 2.22 says this, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of glory. So that Ephesians 3, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in their heavenly places. Let me tell you this, sometimes you might come to church and you think, oh, this is an unremarkable thing. 
What's happening here? We're singing songs and there's some teachings. You need to know that even right now, as we are here on the level two of the Millennium Hotel, a declaration is being made to the heavenly authorities. There are spiritual things that are shifting because of this gathering right now. There is no ordinary church gathering. Every time we gather in the name of Jesus, a display and a proclamation is being made of the wisdom of God. We, we cannot fathom all the realities, but there are angelic beings even right now who are paying attention to Trinity Church London and the other churches that are gathering in this city because people are meeting in Jesus' name. This is not ordinary. And this community is going to be a display of God's glory, his wisdom. We're not just a service. So sometimes church can feel like, hey, there's a few kind of people who do some stuff. They put on a church service. I can turn up, get my spiritual needs met if I like it, if it feels good. If I go home with a buzz and an inspiration, then I might come back. If not, I may go to another church. This is not that. This is a community of brothers and sisters gathering in Jesus' name to lift up his praise. And I think if we can get that right, if we can come together all knowing, hey, I'm not on a rotor today, that means I'm free to serve however the Lord might lead me. Who can I talk to? Who can I bless? How can I get involved in a way that's not on? If we can come with that mentality, something beautiful will happen with this community. Yeah. Let me just say some things um, about what's coming up this year. Firstly, over the next 12 months, we're going to be forming a membership course for Trinity Church London. We may not end up calling it a membership course, but it's going to, we are going to be forming a course, a moment where everyone who comes to be part of us and says, actually, I would like to be part of this community. There's going to be a moment where you can walk through a process and find out who we are, what our vision is, our values, etc., and know what it means to be part of this community. The plan is over the next 12 months in the autumn term we're going to preach vision in the winter term we're going to preach the mission and in the spring term we're going to preach the values and as we do that we're going to grow and we're going to form a process whereby next September 2020 we're going to roll out a membership process so that everyone this might feel weird for you if you'd be like well I was here from the beginning I was here at the very first prayer meeting you asked me to become a member like it's actually just something where we all get on the same page we say this is what I want to be a part of so that everyone else who comes in the years to come will know this is what it means to be part of this community so we're going to be forming that so we're going to be securing ourselves and our identity and our unity as a community together the second thing is this within the next 12 months or in 12 months time we are going to be recognizing an eldership team so at the moment when there hasn't been a recognized eldership team and in 12 months or less we're going to recognize an eldership team biblically when you come together as a community you submit to authority and i know that's a crazy word for some of you to think about submitting to this is not i'm out already just bear with us for a little while and just find out what it might look like first <laughs> but biblically churches flourish when we submit to authority and the God-given authority over churches is eldership. So we are going to be working in the background. You won't see that happening up front too much, but to form and recognize and establish an eldership team. Thirdly, we want to become financially sustainable. So there's a report that Pat Anderson, who you may not have met, but she, she lives in the Isle of Wight, so I don't know why you would have met her, um, unless you travel to the Isle of Wight regularly and happen to bump into someone called Pat Anderson. <laughs> anyway, so um, she does our accounts for us. 
and uh, she's served us brilliantly over the last year. She's put a very brief report that's um, available for everyone to take home. If you've got more questions about our finances, you feel free to any time email Pat and ask her questions about how things operate, etc. We want to be as open and transparent as we can be with our money. Um, but let me okay, deep breath, because yeah, thanks, Sanahili. <laughs> <laughs> very exciting and I am excited so I hope by the end of this next five minutes you're as excited as I am we are going to be moving venue from the Double Tree Victoria Woo! yeah thank you um, so this is quite a journey for us um, and for a lot of people you've joined a church plant that was in Victoria and that's kind of what you knew and know and think I've just got my head around Victoria now what's happening so let me just tell you how and why we got to this place because it wasn't in our plans uh, to be moving venue it wasn't like a two-year plan yeah let's get all set, get settled for one year and then just blow stuff up mess things around and move venues and change things around um, this this is a, a, a God breathed thing that we believe the word that's come through time and again that God is taking us to take a step up as a community that there is a speeding up there is a step up that's going to happen marked by this change of venue and it all started for me in the gym as I guess all good places don't start for me anyway but anyway a, a, a pastor friend called me um, and they meet in a lecture theatre in Holborn and he said just wanted to let you know because I'd got to know him a bit um, uh, we're moving out of our space most probably and I know how hard it is to get venues at affordable prices and I wanted to just ask whether you're interested and that kind of olive leaf and doesn't happen all the time so I spent the rest of my workout not doing a very good job just like <laughs> what are you doing like do you want us to move why have you sent this phone call the rest of that like it, it ruined my workout to be honest I didn't do it and but I just settled on it over a few days I thought no 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 this is like why am I even thinking about this I'm I'm the kind of guy who likes the new thing so I've got to like just set on my heart no we're settling we're building with foundations this is not for us we even had a team meeting we had to gather together for a whole day I thought it's just not appropriate it's not the right thing is on the shelf and then we came to a moment we had met on every Tuesday a small team of us meet just to talk about the practical running of the church and AJ told us that the Doubletree Victoria um, they had double booked us again which had happened a few times and then this whole lecture theatre option came up to my mind so I just threw it in and I can only say that the Holy Spirit ambushed that meeting <laughs> and we took the next hour and a half discussing all the ins and outs as to what was going on with the venue and honestly it, my head was spinning for the rest of the day because I was like God are you saying we've got to move and I don't want to kind of not move because I'm being a coward or it just feels like too much work or uh, but I didn't want to be stupid as well because we're just selling in so I felt and I got home that, that that afternoon I got back to my desk and I switched on a sermon by Mark Sayers who has got leads a church in Melbourne and he was just sharing this thing it was just a background sermon and within one minute of me turning this thing on he shared this story about how the Lord had said that he had to move out of their building that they had just sport if he wanted um, the church to be everything that God could make it to be and I just stopped everything I thought I need to pay attention to this Lord what are you doing so that ensued a whole bunch of conversations and honestly just confusion at this point I have to say there was no clarity it wasn't like it was just like what I knew that God was saying something but I didn't know what God was leading us somehow but I didn't know 
where so the prayer really was just clarity lord would you give us clarity as to what is next for us as a community and mike and i went for a, a prayer walk one early morning on a tuesday and uh, we're walking around the brompton cemetery which felt appropriate to you know really stir our hearts up and you know uh, i had no devious plans for mike but he was just like you know let's, let's pray around a cemetery we've got one life to live let's make our prayers count we're just discussing the venues and uh, we both just shared this thing and mike summed up says something in our hearts about the double tree it's like the double tree is dying it's just like this sense of like actually going back to that place now feels like a backward step not a forward step but still with no like why would you mess things up like why would we just so we're praying for clarity and then aj called at the end of july and he called to say just to let you know that i've had a phone call from the double tree victoria to say that they are not renewing our contract in january and we cannot meet there from january onwards like oh that's not the kind of clarity i was expecting <laughs> i was expecting an open door to walk into glory and we've just been kicked out of our home um but clarity we got and honestly my first reaction was excitement because i thought the lord has prepared us for this and he's at a stamp of approval that he is with us and if he is organizing and speaking to us before we would know we have to be out of a venue we know that he's got another venue for us and he is doing it for a good and fruitful purpose so this is a very I, I, I was just buzzing I thought Lord you are with us uh, it was just for me as a reminder we're not having a go at church here the Lord is leading us through this process and he is taking us as his people around London to see the glory of God known and people discipled and come to know Jesus so this is where we're at right now we're still praying for clarity so i don't have all the answers for you so you need to be praying for clarity as well as i am praying for clarity but this is what we're looking there are, there are seven criteria that we're looking for in a venue so firstly we're looking for a, a venue near very good public transport and interestingly rodney hager who prophesies and is part of a church in worthing he prophesied in a prayer meeting before we had even started and says you're not going to be in victoria forever you are going to be moving to another major train station and honestly in my heart at, the, um, at that moment i was like rodney that is not helpful right now we haven't even had our first ever sunday and you're saying we're moving this is not like okay let's move on anyone else got something to pray for but actually he was right and uh, we're praying for another a, a major uh, hub a transport hub so the 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 train stations that we are looking around are victoria charing cross blackfriars and waterloo so we want something that particularly is good for those coming in from the south and accessible from the rest of london so we're not looking at kind of king's cross euston Paddington at the moment we're looking at those four major train stations that's a that's a just a wise starting place for us we feel we're looking for a room that will help our worship and community and our style what we want to um, bring about we want a space where community can hang can community can hang out hang out can happen community can be formed you know what i'm saying outside of the main meeting fourthly a space a safe space for our children fifthly a reasonable price which is difficult sixthly somewhere that will take us 
every Sunday because some places will say hey we'll happily take you for one Sunday but we've got 14 weddings coming up and you can't have them so we need a regular booking and seventhly with storage space where we can keep all of our gear so it's, it's quite a tight set of criteria that we're looking there's not many places in all of London that can do this so can I ask you to do two things pray with us that the Lord would guide us we believe he's going to but also you might know of somewhere or walk past somewhere on your way to work and think I wonder if anyone's looked at this place Feel free to call any venue up at any time. We're in that scenario because you never know what kind of places will emerge as we take this journey on. But this I know that the Lord has good purposes for us in this move. There is going to be a step up and a speed change that is going to happen in a venue change. For me, I felt like the, the Doubletree has served really well as like our launching living room. If we were planting a church in a, in, a, in a town or in a suburban setting somewhere, someone might have a huge living room and say, hey, let's all meet after our first year in the living room. The double tree has almost served as that purpose. We have begun to grow and we now need to find a place that is going to be a step up for us and orientate ourselves where it's easy for lots of people to get to. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. And th thirdly, we're going, to see a, we're going to see London filled with culture that reflects the beauty of God. And by culture, I mean the stuff that we accumulatively produce, artefacts. So sometimes you think of culture is, is theatre, it's film, it's architecture, it's the things that we produce. But culture also has to do with the way that we behave and relate to one another. So you walk into an office space and you say, this culture is horrible. You know, sometimes you go for a job and you feel like, I don't want to work here. Or some say, this is a place I would love to be. I feel like I could flourish here. We want culture to flourish across this city in every single form that reflects the beauty of God and takes attention away from us and looks to God. Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, the good culture that we are going to produce and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So one of the things for us as a church community that is, I think, unique for us in central London as opposed to being outside of central London is two things. One, we don't have our own building. And secondly, we are scattered afar. And it can be slightly discombobulating for some people. Um, I just like that word, so I wanted to throw it in there. Um, because it's not like church that we've known like oh wow I'm, I'm really good friends with so-and-so but it takes an hour and a half to get to see them it can feel strange when you're not all in one place but I want us to view this as an opportunity for us rather than a hindrance because there is an opportunity to have what we normally have in terms of church life stripped back and stripped away so that for us, we are not consumed with maintaining a particular institution or organisation. A lot of us are left week by week with ourselves in our workplace asking the question, am I bearing fruit? Which can be a painful but often helpful question to ask. Because that question can get masked by lots of doing and practicalities of keeping an organisation going do you get what i'm saying and i'm not saying that having a big organization and a church building is wrong i'm saying at the very moment that we are at actually there's an opportunity to view this kind of sense of like wow i'm over here in north london my friends are in west london as an opportunity to think okay, am i bearing fruit 
how am I? Because our goal is that every single one of us would live as spirit-empowered disciples wherever we are at with this conviction that God is doing a lot more outside of this meeting than he is in this meeting and that your best Christian life is going to be worked out not on rotors but in your workplace being a fruitful disciple with your colleagues. That's where we're going to do the mission. So the goal is not to grow this big organization, but to empower everyone to be the spirit-filled Christians wherever they end up during the week. To do that, we want to just do two things coming up this year. Firstly, we're going to put in place what we're calling running partners. Now, who's heard of running partners? Has anyone even like, yeah, it's very tense. At the moment, it's been a bit like Fight Club. It's this thing that's kind of going around in the background and no one quite knows what it is. And a few people think that we're taking up jogging as a church and a few people are confused. But, but, and it's kind of deliberate. We've kind of set a ball rolling and just established a few things and see what happens. So I'm kind of, I'm glad for your confusion. It's been a happy confusion for me. But let me try and bring some clarity now. What we want to do is do what community groups often can't do so when you gather together in 10 12 uh, people in a living room somewhere with guys and girls of mixed ages sometimes it is great for some things but what it often doesn't allow you is to go deep with your heart and spiritually it doesn't allow you to get to that place where actually I know in this place I'm fully known and I am known and I know sorry so I'm fully known and that I know that I'm fully loved and that I can love, that I can spur one another on to good work, to, to work good works and good deeds. And so what we want to do is form um, groups of three or four people in single sex groups, guys with guys, girls with girls, meeting across the city so that we might intentionally be, be proper friends for one another and actually get to the heart level of life and actually get to where things are at beyond what's happening in your life around you what's happening in your heart so that you can shine for Christ and live a meaningful life in this age that we have now and that's what we want to do we want to roll this out there's going to be a lot of clarity that's going to come we're going to talk about it in the winter term more but this is what I want to say at this point there are some forms on your chair and we're just going to get the ball rolling that if you know you would like to be in a friendship group of three or four people same sex where you know I have a loyal trusted good authentic genuine friend who will be out looking after me spiritually if you want to start walking with that and be that friend to someone else can I ask you just to write your name on it and the contact details and as we respond yeah into the giving basket at the front here if you, you might not know what it is like I'm interested in growing spiritually with two or three other people then put your name down and we're going to start talking about it more that's the first thing i told you his headlines second thing is we're going to continue with work matters charles has been pioneering a cross network cross church um, initiative whereby we want to equip men and women to be christians in their workplace and what it looks like, the ins and outs the, with the complexities of what it is to be a Christian in the workplace. We want to equip people to live for Christ in, outside Monday to Friday. And we're going to be doing more of those. The next event is going to be coming up soon. Keep your ear to the ground. We want to equip you to walk with Jesus there. 
we've also had to make a tough decision that there are some things that we cannot do as a church in the next 12 months because we are one years old only and we are still growing and there are some things collectively that we cannot give ourselves to so we we've established and i've i've got to say this i find this tough if you've ever done strengths finders the the test about what you're good at and stuff i'm a, i'm an includer in my top five so i like to include everything but the team are very wisely says we can't do everything so there are some things that we can't do in this next year that we're going to press pause on before we actually push into so at the moment we are not going to collectively push into work with the homeless collectively we're not going to push into work in parliament and influencing things with parliament social social justice justice issues that require campaigning etc we're not going to press into yet collectively we are going to wait until we at the right moment where we know we're at the right stage of people strength resource strength money strength where we can get behind this so please don't hear my heart and say these guys they said they don't care about the homeless what we're saying is right now we can't throw our lot into that we're going to wait for the right time but if you come and say i've got a calling on my life to influence parliament we are going to pray for you and back you in that as you go and do it because that's your calling in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? If you come and say, I want to give my Monday night to working with the homeless in Victoria, we're going to say, we're going to pray for you. We're going to bless you. Talk, get your group supporting you in that. Does that sound good? And then in 12 months, we're going to take our next step on. Can I ask you to stand? And can I ask the band back up? Because we're going to respond now. And... Um, maybe just close your eyes whatever just going to help you just allow some thoughts to settle we are missionaries in london we have been called to be missionaries in london and to be a missionary is not glamorous but it is glorious there's very little glamour but there is a lot of glory when we sacrifice our lives and doing life and doing church in central london can feel like pioneering it can feel like missionary work because it is we are not all that we will be even in six months time i believe this community is going to look different god is going to do some beautiful things amongst us but there is a call on us now to pioneer a missionary work with this community so what we're going to do is we're going to pray in just a moment and then we're going to worship and we're going to respond Charles is going to lead us into communion together to remind us that we work in the power of God not in our own power respond with the running partners initiative we respond with giving even now you've got the giving envelopes there just Lord how can I serve and be part of this pioneering work You've got the alpha card you want to respond to. We're going to give our hearts to God. We're going to look to him. We're going to trust him that he will do great things. Mm. And this is our prayer. And my hope is that this is your prayer with me. May his name endure forever. And his fame continue as long as the sun may Londoners be blessed in him and all the nations be called blessed 
Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. May the whole earth be filled with his glory because we exist, Lord God, as a church plant, that we may play our part along with all the other churches in this great city that we love, Lord, to see your glory known, to to see your name made famous, to see healing happen, forgiveness be given in the strength and beauty of who you are, Lord. Set our souls by the power of the Holy Spirit northward to you set our souls towards jesus may you be our hope the beginning and the end of all things as we sing we're not just filling time right now we're going to respond we're going to sing this next song affirming our heart's vision our life's vision our church's vision and then charles is going to lead us in response in communion so let's lift up our voices to jesus